Look out. Surging up from the depths of the sea. Horrifying, mysterious creatures whose attack on people sends the whole countryside on an endless search. Unless something is done and done quickly. Is this the end of our civilization? You'll pioneer with us the perilous descent into the unknown. What does that mean? What are you even talking about? A deep, penetrating dive. In the last calm and reflective moment before the monsters came. Humanoids from the deep dive. Welcome to the podcast Humanoids from the Deep Dive, where we dig deep into the meanings and context of your favorite monsters and monster movies. Each episode we'll see guests, co-hosts, and myself give or take an important movie monster and or film, and what we think it means using everything from history and philosophy to films and folklore. Uh, while we are recording this the night before the objectively best holiday, Halloween, uh, aka Samhain, aka, you know, All Hall's Eve. And uh, so we wanted to uh, visit uh, an entity that's representing the spirit of Halloween. It's like, it's a now, it's a classic Halloween horror celebration film. Uh, we are looking at Trick or Treat and its central entity representing the spirit uh of the holiday the reason for the season uh sam uh so you can find us uh fans of the show on spotify itunes google Podcasts, podbean anywhere your podcasts are served and you can also follow us on twitter at hft deep dive until the twitter ship burns and we, it goes down like the titanic we will be the last crew on the top of the ship playing mournful, mournful, probably like a version of the Monster Mash as the ship burns. <laughs> I love it so much. Yep. That's how the Monster Mash goes. Well, yeah, I mean, is. it's a Monster Mash, so that works. Oh, okay. Nice pivot. Monster Smash. <laughs> <laughs> um, I yeah, like you know what? It's been a long October for us folks at home, as I'm sure it has been for you. And uh, just like in the thing, uh, nobody trusts anybody now. We're all very tired. Yeah, <laughs> I've, been, I've been in my sewer with Michael Myers playing with my Jar Jar Binks action figures with your new oh. best friend. God, <laughs> um, I just it's just, it's just uh, we. Folks at home, we were just a quick pivot. Um, we were talking before I hit record. We were talking about Halloween ends, and I won't go dig in deep. Uh, di- I won't dig deep into the details, but because uh, we we might revisit it later. But uh, I, it occurred to me that Halloween ends is basically the same movie as The Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. So. You have this like powerful someone or other who has been off the grid forever and they end up having to they being forced to be a reluctant mentor to someone. It's the same movie. It's literally the same movie, just the moral alignment's pivoted. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. And that's not an insult to either film. Um, I have more things to say about Halloween Ends, but that one is not an insult. It's just a comment. He's like, uh-huh. Michael Myers is back somehow. <laughs> yeah. I think you made that joke, Andre, earlier. I did. And when you were talking about the sewer with the Jar Jar Banks toy, my, my mind immediately went to the um, 
the Plinket Star Wars Episode One review, where he turns the camera on and there's like people chained up in his basement and he's looking for the Star Wars toy so he can show it to the camera and they're like, please, Mister, let me go and he's like, shut up, I want to find the sucker. Where's where's the the, the <laughs> where's the Jar Jar Binks sucker? <laughs> yeah. This just it's keeps getting better, is what what we're saying. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, and I'm just thinking of Mr. Plinkett as just like one of the the roommate residents down in the sewer who's just trying to watch his night court tape. <laughs> uh, okay. So, um, to so, pivot yeah. back to the intro, we're on topic here. <laughs> folks at home all, a final note um yeah you know we're, we're coming back for a bit of a hiatus but uh we're running all cylinders we're just um so excited to talk to you and each other because um we all look so good honestly you can't tell right now because this is radio but it's true um i'm your host jeff hewing i'm a critic and entertainment journalist for slash film and looper and all sorts of other places and doing all sorts of other random things especially if it involves monsters uh, and I'd like to introduce uh, my excellent slate of co-hosts. We got everybody today. We have we have Andre. Uh, we have uh, Mike Vaughn. We have hey. Luna and we say hi to the peoples. Hello, people. Greetings. Mm-hmm. Um, but thank you for joining us, especially on this spookiest and most beautiful of holidays. Today we, as noted. We're talking about Trick or Treat, uh, which is this, You, if you found this show, you probably know it. It's by Michael uh, Doherty. Doherty? How do you pronounce that? I think you had it right. I thought it was Doherty. Doherty. Yeah. Fantastic. Because I've seen that pronounced differently for people that aren't this filmmaker. And so I'm like, wait, I haven't had a cup, enough coffee yet. Or I've had too much. <laughs> or, or maybe like in the future, you can come on and uh, ridicule us and tell us how it's pronounced. So maybe we should just mispronounce it until he comes on the show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think every Doherty. time you pronounce it, it should be slightly different. Yep. <laughs> Mikhail Doherty. It's a really, really fun <laughs> 2007 anthology kind of horror comedy. It's So there, there's a series of stories that kind of are interwoven both directly and also structurally. It's It's kind of an unusual anthology in that regard because if you if you look at like the vhs or some of the other ones that have been coming out they'll be a little more segmented usually but this one just i feel like it's yeah. a tapestry of terror yeah i, I feel like maybe i scored yeah. some points that would be with, a good with subtitle Mikey. for this um well, that, that i make kind of light that alliteration it's yeah like trick or treat tapestry of terror yeah you know oh they need a they need a sequel they greenlit a sequel they need like a new title for it i will pitch that Yep, so come on down, Michael Dofferty, and uh, <laughs> we'll sell you the script. Oh, um, A++. Yeah, also, can I just mention how much I love Krampus also, or Krumpus, or however you want, like, that's another one. Let's, that's pr- let's mispronounce that, too. <laughs> Krampus. Yeah. Krumpus. However it's pronounced, I love that one, too. <laughs> oh, no, I, I love it's, that it's one. Fun. That one's super fun, and then also uh, I really like Godzilla: King of the Monsters. I genuinely do. Oh yeah, um, yeah. It's uh, we... he, he wrote that, and, and Adam Wingard directed that. Is that right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, 
Let me double check that oh, real quick. He directed that. No, one. that one he I did thought, direct. I thought Wingard did the Godzilla v Kong. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. Sorry, yes, yeah. and he both wrote and directed it, and it was fucking great. It was baller. Um, save Mothra on everything. <laughs> so, uh, does does anyone want to summarize um, Trick or Treat further, or some of the entries in it? Because there are a few short narratives. I'm not prepared. I'm like, notoriously bad at like capsule encapsulating stuff, so I'm gonna step back. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No worries. Okay. Um, so there's a, a succession of film that's a little bit harder to summarize slightly because they're interwoven narratives in a way. But uh, you have one about Charlie, who's this uh, overweight child who, like, vandalizes jack-o'-lanterns. And then he ends up um, messing with the jack-o'-lanterns of the wrong house and he ends up i won't do full spoilers but um it's a it's a horror movie about halloween so that was a bad plan and he has a very bad day um at the house of this guy who um makes jack-o'-lanterns out of um i will spoil this human heads with his son takes casual drink of coffee yeah that's (laughs) a sweet scene it's like one of the most beautiful scenes in the movie, I think. Ooh, just, you know, okay, one of. All right, I'll I'll take one of. It, it is technically a sweet scene, yeah. Hey. <laughs> and Luna, the per- that person is the principal. Yes. Um, at this school where there are a bunch of kids, and uh, I'm sorry, were we going in order, or can I just choose one? You can just choose one. Okay, I'm not going to choose my favorite. <laughs> I'll choose my okay. second favorite. Um, so so the that's the principle that, uh, like Jeff said, they are connected. And there are a bunch of children uh, that go to the same school, presumably. <laughs> and, you think. Um, and they are out on Halloween night, and there is a... Uh, uh, ghost story if you will um from a halloween school bus massacre that happened Mm. and they decide to go visit the site which uh, as you know that can be very exciting if you're a young person and you're like "Ooh, Mm -hmm. let's go to the spooky place um it just turns out that uh most of these kids are assholes and (laughs) so (laughs) there's a bit of a the whole movie has a a morality like a twisted morality uh, through line I suppose and these kids go down uh, while they're bullying one of them and the ghosts happen to be real and they happen to not like bullies and so only one child survives does she? Yeah. Yeah. She survived. Yeah. Um, I uh, I literally just rewatched the whole thing this morning, and that's definitely one of my favorites. Um, it's one of, like I said, it's my second favorite. Yeah. 
yeah, not including I, I, Sam's own story, I suppose. Right. Yeah, because I consider that to be like the the kind of like closer for the whole thing, like the like almost a frame story. Um, exactly. Yeah. Interesting, because that's my absolute number one top favorite segment of this movie. Um, Which one? The, the the school bus. Oh yeah, uh, it's kids. so good. It's oh, really man, good. I, I dead kids, dead kids. Then they kill the kids, <laughs> and then there's more dead kids. Yay! <laughs> and, and just a, as a side rant, God bless um, Spirit Halloween because they put on some real love for trick or treat this year. Uh, I did end up getting that that little kid's Dracula mask. Oh, and that's a great! Hope candy bar with with the the fake blade stuck in the oh, middle of it. Oh, that's fun. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, they've been they like Sam has gone through a resurgence in the last like four three to four years, and it's yeah. weird because I, I I well I came to this movie relatively recently, but before a little bit of of all of this, and my partner has been watching Trick or Treat since two thousand seven, so it's interesting that like I wonder why it's had this resurgence as a cult horror classic when there's not been like a re-release you know mm. i think it just got it finally screen yeah. or shout factory uh, only release. but but the but like all the spirit halloween things that started happening like like i said three four years ago yeah it's yeah. only gotten more and more and more intense uh, uh, like to a a point where I'm like, well, now I don't even want Sam stuff because now everybody's got Sam stuff. <laughs> I feel the same way. I felt the same way about the Babadook because there was, you know, a period of time where it was like taken by the queer community and then you could get like, Babadook stuff everywhere. Mm-hmm. But before that point, there was like a moment before that where like you couldn't really get any much of anything. And uh, my, my partner got me a handmade like Babadook off of Etsy oh. and it was it was great and it came from russia and i was like you fucking badass like i'm literally looking (laughs) at it right now um it's so cool and creepy it's like a little it looks like a voodoo doll almost um with a nice hat and then like (laughs) i love it and now i still love it because it's unique and it's not all these like professionally branded things but Mm -hmm. then like it got so popular and you can get babadooks everywhere and i'm like guys calm down (laughs) <laughs> yeah and oh, like yeah. i don't i you know i it's... want i want the the children that are alive to have their things that they like and i want the children that are dead to have the things that they like too <laughs> but i just I, I just found it so strange that it got such a resurgence and i could not figure out what the impetus for that was i do i even feel like the the re-release the shout factory re-release is like was in response to this whole resurgence that's happened well i I think part of it i think and i i don't think this explains all of it but part of it is there's been an overall resurgence in anthology horror films uh true 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 true. um like the vhs films have gotten super popular and there's been other ones Mm -hmm. um like a mortuary collection that have taken off and with shutter too like those have an outlet now where they regularly go to shutter and get very popular when it was more harder. It was more difficult to like find a home for them too. Yeah. And so 
that's a good context for people like hey guys you like anthologies you know which one you slept on and so that might be part of it yeah and also um trick or treat like one um i'm gonna stick to the bit here uh michael dosherty uh directed this he um so this movie was shelved for like years and like it was announced it was gonna come come to theaters like mid 2000s they said 2005 or 6 or something like that and people were like cool we're getting a halloween themed um anthology horror film this sounds great this is what it looks like it's good. it's gonna have like this little kid character named sam uh looks super creepy we're, we're on board for this but then uh the studio at the time they looked at it and they just didn't know what to do with it so they just kind of shelved it and then they silently released it direct to dvd like only dvd yeah. in like 2008 or something like that or 2009 i remember because like i I waited for that disc to come out, and mm-hmm. I got it as soon as I could, uh, and then like had a whole watch party in college and mm. blew our minds. You know, back when things in college could blow your mind, uh, and that was kind of it. Like there was no talk about theatrical re-release, uh, any other kind of like remastering work until. Um, I think the like the commercial license came around to like uh, licensed products based on the um, on the movie, and that's probably where Spirit Halloween came in. They decided, well, this is actually kind of gaining a following, so let's let's, let's have like little Sam Halloween popcorn bowl greeters or whatever, you know? Yeah, yeah. Sell them at Spirit for like seventy five bucks, and if it's people so buy them, then marketable too. I mean, yeah. Sam is just fantastic as a marketing tool. Yeah, it's just a really like great, yeah. well-designed, fun little central to Halloween character, you know? Also, if since we're talking about like the school bus segment, it was kind of cool because I was interviewing Richard Harmon, who actually plays the little uh, vampire kid with the vampire mask. Oh, fun. Yeah. That's fun. And he's like, oh my gosh, he's like, it's so, it was so wild because when I talked to him, I think it was like that day they were doing the screening, like the first theatrical screening of um, Trick or Treat, which he was like going to. Um, But I was like, oh man, did you get to keep your mask? Cause 'cause like now it's sort of everywhere. Um, Yeah. He's like, Mm -hmm. um, he's like, no, he's like, um, like I guess the director um, or whoever made it maybe got it but i was like yeah i was like how surreal is it to like see that everywhere now like just <laughs> yeah mark i mean it's like basically like like, like that's your character kind of everywhere and he's like yeah he's like cool. i can't go to like any like i mean even not even just like halloween store just like even just regular kind of places it's sort of all over the place now which i think is awesome but yeah, yeah I mean, he was super probably, nice, but like literally everywhere. Yeah, um, I was like, dude, Absolutely. that's got to be so weird to like, you know, see that stuff all over the place now. That's um, so cool. Well, I hope that the shoot wasn't like too um, taxing for him, because like otherwise, that that mask might bring back some like unsavory memories from the set. 
Yeah. I don't know. Like working with kids is a, it's a whole different thing in I, movies. Yeah. Like we like since that wasn't our like central focus, we we talked about it a little bit because I was like, how how can I not? But like he didn't mm-hmm. seem to like um, he didn't seem to have any like bad memories about it. So it must have been all right. Um, That's good. They're all tucked away. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, but the uh, yeah, he, it's like funny because like he's like yeah like hardly anybody like knows that that's me because of course i was a lot younger and wearing a mask but Mm. like i think he was like pretty young like i think he was actually like i guess a kid like i don't know because i don't know even our kids like just a short person yeah (laughs) like i'm short i Mm. could like I'm sure you put me in a mask, I could probably be a kid. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you you pass for a kid easily. <laughs> I act like <laughs> like I was I was hoping to like put on the mask myself and then put you in like his little sack, and oh, then no. I could just keep you with me. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so Luna, we we know the the one the entry that you want wanted to talk about, even though it wasn't your favorite. I'm curious which one your favorite is. Um, You'll find out. No, cool. it, you'll, the reason I didn't want to talk about my favorite one is because I won't stop talking about it. So I chose my second favorite so that I could be a good uh, okay. synopsis okay. person. Perfect, perfect. Um, is, is there another one that someone else wants to talk about? Um, I, I can do the Red Riding Hood one. Love it. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Um, so... All of these segments are happening the same night, Halloween night, and one of the other segments is uh, there's a group of girls at the nearest Halloween costume store. But let's just call it, for, for sake of um, uh, commercial value, the local spirit Halloween, where um, they're they're all getting together, trying on different costumes and trying to see what uh, what works best, and they they land on. A series of like fairy tale kind of costumes. Like one of them's dressed up like Snow White. One of them's got um, maybe like a, a bell from mm. um, Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. And um, our main character of the segment, uh, played by Anna Paquin, is wearing like the Red Riding Hood thing because she doesn't really. She's kind of sheepish. She's the uh, the quiet one of the group, and she doesn't really want to call too much attention to herself, so she just kind of gets like a a red cloak and calls it good. Um, so they just walk around for Halloween and just kind of walk past the usual stuff. Uh, I think at some point they interact with some of the other characters that are like they're running around doing their own uh, story bits. Um, from this anthology and they come around to like a wooded area kind of secluded um, and there's this uh, other like dark hooded figure wearing like a, a Venetian type mask and he's got like fangs and stuff and he's like he's pretty actively threatening the livelihood of one uh, random lady in the alleyway and uh the the other girls opposite Anna Paquin's character is like they decide to kind of remove him from the situation and uh, expose his um, his transgressions 
and um, our r Little Red Riding Hood turns out to, uh, to have a little bit more, I don't know, uh, dark justice in her than we <laughs> had previously imagined. And I'm not going to reveal any more about that because this is that this is also like one of the best segments ever. Um, it's it's a total like turning of the tables, and mm -hmm. um, perfectly set, perfectly uh, doled out justice. It's not just about um, the you know sleazy. Uh, man trying to use Halloween as an excuse to, you know, get into other people's pants, but also something else. There's kind of like a, a hunter slash hunted angle to the whole thing, too, yeah, which I... won't come out till later. But yeah, and a good best physical effects, like practical effects yes. scene. Yep. Mm -hmm. I was thinking In that when I rewatched it. Uh, Luna, you're spot on, because it's... um. The I, I can't say what because it's too spoilery, but something happens at the end and it's fucking stellar. Like the execution is great. It's yep. just so good. That's my favorite section. Like I could talk about it forever. It's that's it's mine too. I other than Sam. Much. What me yeah. <laughs> liking something like that? <laughs> Bizarre. Oh, a jerk man gets something. Um. Surprise! Come up and come up and also know that um, the bit like the adult baby in that is also the um, baby in uh, what was it? Um, oh, the House on Haunted Hill remake, maybe. I'm looking oh, that's cool. Oh, hmm. interesting. Like, there was like a like weird baby ghost thing, and he was that too. Huh. Is there any other kind of baby ghost? <laughs> um, like, no. yeah. Yes. <laughs> I can think like... of many adjectives. Okay. All right. Like, That's fair. I'm... But to be fair, I think the concept of a baby ghost is inherently weird. Is it? Or is it just weird <laughs> to you? I said to me. Oh. I mean, Luna's like. <laughs> <Just> making sure. <laughs> she's like, okay, we need more dead babies. That's. That's the well, there's, okay. there's sneaky the baby same? ghosts. There's vindictive baby ghosts. There's quiet, <laughs> sneaky baby ghosts. There's cute baby ghosts. And there's cute ugly baby ghosts. Baby, and there's chunky baby ghosts. And I'm mm. cuddling those ghost babies. And then, oh, I'm sorry. It was 13, baby ghost. It was 13 ghosts where he plays the giant baby ghost Oh, thing. cool. That's okay. cool. But, but it was the... The John Waters for kids version, the thirteen baby ghosts, where <laughs> all the roles are played by children. <laughs> I'm sorry, John Waters for kids. What? <laughs> oh, okay. So, uh, total sidebar. Um, so I, I went into a John John Waters plunge earlier this year. Uh, Mike, you know about that. Yep. And uh, <laughs> so, as you do, you start with pink flamingos, right? Because you know, you got to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I learned after watching Pink Flamingos for the first time that John Waters uh, created a, a production of, like, basically a, a re-performance of Pink Flamingos, but he cast children in, <clears throat> excuse me, in all of the roles. And I think they had, like, a few, like, table reads, and he eventually filmed it with, like, minimal... Um, <laughs> 
maybe minimal. I'm not sure. Um, like production and staging and stuff. And if you've seen uh, Pink Flamingos, this may or may not be a little concerning, <laughs> but um, I have never myself been threatened by John Waters's effect on children. So I'm totally cool with it. Anyway, um, that that was my sidebar into the 13 Baby Ghosts directed by John Waters. <laughs> um, 10 out of yeah. 10. Um, no, I, I, it is a great segment. And I think that, um, yeah, there's something kind of, uh, especially when you know the twist, uh, when you rewatch it, there's like so many hints. So many. Like, yeah. Yep. Um, I mean, it just speaks to just how efficient and clean and lean the writing is in this. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, and, and the execution, too, is just like you're really um, pulled along. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I also especially appreciate how each um, segment in this anthology uh you know is happening obviously on the same night but also um in the same relative like localized area like just any town usa kind of place mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. could very well be haddonfield this could be you could write this into the halloween universe like f- fuck it why not at this point um <laughs> and um it, it also kind of gives you a nice little jump of jump between different times of the night because like you might see one segment and you're like oh okay so that's what happened to this character but then later on you'll see them uh like say maybe it's someone who dies and then you see them later on and you're just putting the events together in your head just creating a map of it all and you just remember that oh, okay so this is before this happened and this is what they were doing when this current story was taking place uh, and it, it's just like it, it didn't need to be there but it's just another thing that just makes the movie that much more enjoyable just giving you those extra puzzle pieces to figure out yeah i i um completely i i, I think that's kind of like i mean outside of it just being like a hell of an entertaining film i really do love as you say like the extra layer of like doing fragmented time almost like a christopher nolan situation um because yeah i think it does add kind of an extra like layer as you say like puzzle piece um which i don't know like have you all encountered anybody that didn't like that aspect about this film i mean i haven't but no but i hang out with cool people that's i mean like when I had my big college trick-or-treat party, I think the only people who weren't really into it, other than people who just weren't into horror, um, it was probably just because that they just weren't fucking paying attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, like, whatever. It was just a movie that was on, and they just kind of, like, did their own shit. So uh, I, I didn't quite take that to heart because, like, you're not watching the movie, so you can't in my mind you can't throw criticism at it yeah yeah yeah. but it was a response that that i heard um let's see have we talked about we talked about the the principal one the school bus massacre the surprise party um 
Uh, does anyone want to complete the um, the whole shebang by talking about either the conclusion or the Sam story? Yeah, I'll, I'll do the Sam one if you don't mind. Um, cool. So I don't know if this is my favorite because I do think like the school bus one is probably my favorite, but um, I do really love this one. I think that, um, well, uh, I guess I'll, I'll maybe try to sum it up um, first. Um, so uh, we find out that um you know sam is like visiting this cranky old man we're not really quite sure why um he's basically like stalking him um are we doing spoilers um i think for this one i'll allow it because it's about the titular character and we need to like really flesh it out so that's good yeah, I'll just say a uh, huge spoiler alert coming up. So if you haven't seen this, I don't know what you're doing with your life. Drop everything and watch <laughs> it now. Yeah, just close your eyes and continue to listen. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, so I'm going to spoil some stuff. But um, yeah, so it turns out that the reason why he's being stalked is he's the um, bus driver that killed all these kids uh, at the behest of the parents. And um they are like getting their um revenge as it were and uh yeah this is um again not my favorite segment but it it is such a well done um fast-paced um like it almost kind of plays out like a live action cartoon um like a live action like tom and jerry but just like um a little bit (laughs) darker obviously Mm -hmm. um and the effects are great. Um, Sam is so adorable. He really gets his time to shine in this one. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's uh, it's great. I, uh, I think, like, the practical effects in this are fantastic. Um, when they shoot Sam and it just, like, is, like, all this, like, pumpkin debris and goop. Like, it's just amazing. I love it. Yeah, uh, I love it. It also, like, gives um, uh, a, lo- a really good look at to, to like, Sam's uh, capabilities and how he operates as a, as a thing, as an entity, as a something. And, uh, you know, I love the scene where he's, like, the guy's crawling to the door and then Sam's crawling, like, across the ceiling. It's just a mm-hmm. nice guy. It's so um, good. Uh, and then, you know, he, uh, he, uh, Sam gets like shot with the shotgun and then like still didn't take him out. That's all I'll say. Um, mm-hmm. but he's just a resilient, powerful little scamp. I know, he's so adorable. I know like he murders people, but I feel like it's just bad people. It's people that yeah. don't like, don't. Uh, support the spirit of Halloween. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. He is the, the spirit of Halloween incarnate with weapons. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and uh, I would say that pretty much all of the deaths that happen, um, maybe not all of them, but like a, a good many of of them in in this movie are uh, facilitated by that fact that they're uh, disrespecting specific Halloween traditions or um, just disrespecting the dead in general on this night. Like, um, I mean, in the very beginning, you just have, like, this 30s, 40s, 
couple um, in their 30s and 40s. Not a not a 1930s couple, <laughs> but <laughs> uh, and like one like the the wife or the girlfriend is like, I hate Halloween. I want to get rid of these um, these decorations before tomorrow. And it's like, no, don't do that. That's bad luck. You don't do that. And she blows out a jack o' lantern before midnight, which is uh, which means you're an idiot. Don't do that shit. You're like, a moron. Dude, this is Halloween night. I call night. that what segment Halloween doing? hater. So, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, of course, she's going to get, like, you know, choked and fucking killed. So, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's all of that that happens throughout this. Even um, our uh, bus driver and the the final segment that gets his, his comeuppance for what he did and like didn't do um which is probably the ultimate transgression because uh we're past spoilers now right yeah yeah okay yeah that's fine yeah because because of what he did sam is what he is and um i i like to think that he's created a little like a little tiny revenant child uh specter that can just like He's basically like a little Jason, but with candy. Mm. Yeah, basically. And, like, since we're kind of at the point of no return with um, spoilers, with, with the end of the, the um, Sam segment, it's like, I love how you're like, okay, he's gone, Sam's gone now, like, uh, Roy from Secession's gonna be fine. <laughs> <laughs> I that love, blew I my mind. So much. I, I've been a, a huge fan ever since like he was the like OG Hannibal which a lot of yeah. people don't yep. um, realize or remember but um, in Michael Mann's Manhunter he was um, Hannibal Lecter but yeah um, he's great. Um, part of me thinks like that's just Brian Cox like some I think part of it's just like he is that grizzled like fuck off character. It's so funny like I know I won't get get into a huge um side tangent or whatever but like lately i've been just identifying with roy's um from that so much like i just want to tell every everybody and everything to fuck off (laughs) i mean that's fair uh i will say one thing about succession that a lot of people don't know is that um uh sam in trick-or-treat is actually young kendall roy (laughs) <laughs> this is all leading up to Halloween night. Yeah, because if, if secretly if you really look, into rap, exactly, <laughs> and then like always about to cry <laughs> at yes. all times, at literally all times. MC Crybaby. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I, I like watched Succession for the first time recently, and I binged all three seasons. Oh, uh, folks man. at home, sorry for the pivot, and um, <laughs> I will say, I was just like. Why is that character spending literally three seasons on the verge of tears and never one comes out? And that's because he's a spirit of Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> the pressure is too great. <laughs> he's like, I just want to take over this company because my dad keeps violating the spirit of Halloween. Yeah. So, does anybody know like what's holding up Trick or Treat 2? I mean, I know that's been in development hell for like a long long time well it just got like announced that they were going to like full tilt green light it and actually hopefully make some progress so i don't know what's been holding it up but hopefully that's over 
Um, I think now they see the dollar signs. So thanks to Spirit Halloween. Yeah. Um, this podcast is in no way sponsored by Spirit Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> they actually just took over the podcast and they put up a spirit sign. <laughs> Shit. Uh-huh. They can sponsor this podcast as much as they fucking want as long as I get more than 20% discount. Yeah, I'm okay. As, as long as I can get um, like licensed memorabilia for my favorite horror films for free, that's fine. Yeah. yeah. You just High help quality. me decorate my house. Yeah, help me decorate my house. <laughs> we'll just need to be careful about taking too long of a hiatus because then they, they might just fucking take over our podcast. <laughs> I don't yeah, know if right? they didn't. <laughs> so I need to double check. I'm kind of curious, yes. like, what do you think that they could roll in like Krampus um, into like part two somehow? I mean, I know it's like Halloween Christmas is two very different. Well, things. I feel I... like I actually feel like they could. And here's why, because if you think about it, um, you know, Sam in this one is, is uh, to pivot to the creature, the entity Sam is, you know, childlike, but he's a, a representation of, he's a keeper of the rules of Halloween, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah. if I look, I, I found out, like, Sam's rules on the internet, and it's like, uh, y'all tell me if I'm, if any of these are wrong, but this is from fandom, so, uh, always hand out candy to trick-or-treaters, always wear a costume, never blow out a jack-o'-lantern before midnight, we talked about that one, uh, always respect the dead, always check your candy never take down your decorations before november 1st why would you never hurt the innocent and those are according to the site sam's rules so i'm pretty sound yeah yeah because i feel like that all works but is like but that's like innocent is kind of vague like (laughs) like i mean yeah like a good chunk of those are basically just common sense except for like the um you know, don't blow your your jack o' lantern out before midnight, which you know has a kind of a a fairy tale curse kind of feel yeah to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even though like there's no reason why anyone would, would do that unless you know like you're doing your mischief night shit. Um, but that's like the thirtieth, from what I remember. But still, um, it, it it does play into the movie because that those are the rules that are observed. And yeah, that Sam kind of like, I guess, in retrospect, he's probably delegating all this shit, like yeah, the the ghost kids from the school bus. Um, I don't know if he's necessarily facilitating the uh, the the werewolf segment at all. If that's just like yeah, just a separate. Um, they're probably buddies, but like they're happens. each yeah. running their own. I see it as like he he's aware of what's going on and he understands the magic that allows them to do their thing right. specifically on Halloween. And he has to, werewolf. right. And he probably has to keep it within the, the, the rules of Halloween. Cause like they yeah. too are subject. I'm sure. Like he's mm-hmm. probably like, yep. The werewolves are coming to town. Yep. The ghosts are going to be out. Like they, okay. Ghost check. Yeah. He's werewolf like check. looking around like, all right, everything's are in its place. Do we have any ghouls? Are there ghouls here? <laughs> any ghouls? Fuck, the ghouls are late. The ghouls, goddamn, the ghouls. I just see Sam with the clipboard uh, at the head of a class, and he's 
like trying to look into the back row. <laughs> also, a little mispronouncing fun fact, people's Sean, names. Um, did y'all know that Sean Clark, uh, the the horror uh, Hallowed Grounds guy, um, like owns some of the like the Sam props? Fun. Oh, like I think um, since we were since we were kind of talking about the Sam segment, I think like when he rips off the sack and it's like maybe like the maybe it's like a motorized situation mm. but i think like he owns like that and a couple other things i thought that was a kind of oh. a cool little thing uh to mention that's real fun. quick that's super fun that's cool that's dope um so i uh yeah so i i think to come back to your question um mike i i think that they could work in the same world because whereas he keeps the rules of Halloween, Krampus keeps the rules of of Christmas because what calls him is violating Christmas spirit. Mm -hmm. And so that kind of opens it up. And I think it kind of could be like a really interesting, again, maybe like, because I think more people are open to like, like post nightmare before Christmas, having those maybe intermingle a little bit. Um, I don't know. I think that could be cool, but I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm just not sure how you would put um, that in a movie without making it seem like you're just doing a Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah. Unless there's like maybe uh, like a time wheel. You know how like um, like for example, I, I have a like a wooden wheel that has like the different seasons in uh, paganism. You know, like there's mm-hmm. Samhain. There's uh, wow. I'm just forgetting anyway Solomon's on there uh <laughs> oh maven maven and Solomon and so on um where like they'll have that but also maybe like little iconography thing like there would be like a little sam outline for Solomon mm-hmm. uh, and for uh solstice like winter solstice um they'll have like a krampus outline or something that is indicative of like you know like look out for this shape <laughs> for, yeah. for lack of a better term um, yeah yeah like like the the like the likelihood that they would do a crossover like would probably be like zero but i yeah. i don't know i think it could be fun um i think it actually could be even be like its own sort of crossover movie but andre yeah like you said it, it's like how would you do that and not be compared to nightmare before christmas but i can i can dream well, yeah. so here's here's how you do it. Okay, don't make it here's a musical. <laughs> oh, like *Anime no. Apocalypse*, but <laughs> but this. Um, no, okay. So here's my thing. All right, it's very political. So the setup for the film is that there's like an ascendant fascist organization that outlaws all holidays, and mm. therefore so violates the rules of all holidays. So all of these entities, you know, Krampus, Sam, I don't know, the Easter Bunny. Indiana Jones. Why not? Because fascism (laughs) belongs in a museum. Uh, uh, Come out and then they just terrorize the living out of the regime until it's all dead and the holidays restored. That would be my, that's my pitch. Fuck the Nazis. Exactly. Dead Nazis. This is on brand. Pro monster, dead Nazi. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> a humanoid original. 
<laughs> like every single living in America is weird because all every other episode comes back to like and to be clear um, we don't like Nazis no they do have a place and that place is in a fucking museum only um okay uh but yeah so so Sam is 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 the sort of immortal powerful protector of of the holiday of the the Halloween rules, the keeper of the rules, keeper of the spirit. And I don't know. What do y'all think of Sam as a character? Love him. Adorable. Yeah, you know. Uh he's he's got just enough of that pathos to like um fire up the imagination. Mm-hmm. But like you never really knew what he was like as a human, if he was. And that's the that's the thing that that makes him so compelling because like trying to imagine what he was ever like as a kid and this movie doesn't give you that um but it's like it's a hundred percent trickster so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and you're you're willing to accept that too um so it, it's um I don't know it's like he's an absolute in this movie mm-hmm. and like rather than giving him an arc like a character arc he has more like a judgment arc yeah um, mm-hmm. and it all kind of comes full circle for him uh, by the end but you still feel like he has more shit to do on his list Mm-hmm. yeah one thing I really love about Sam is that he uh, he's humanoid but you his face is a sack like you kind of see his face it's a weird fleshy pumpkin jack lantern thing he's not yeah. like human like you don't you can't associate him with someone you grew up with with uh you know your boss your he you can't associate him with someone that you've literally seen before with your eyeballs so it leaves so much more room for him to be a larger than life entity where it's not, you don't have to bring any, any he's, I mean, we say he, but he's pretty genderless. Uh, Like Mm -hmm. he's, it's this character that is a force to be reckoned with and you can identify with the force, but there's no, no really other type of identity to, to go with it he's small mm-hmm. and can rip his own limbs off that seems but again you know like you don't really have anything to latch onto, so it creates more more of a i don't know like more of a playground in my mind of yeah. who he is and what he can do and that makes it super fun yeah, it's it's the it's the same thing that I liked about, and I mean it's a, it's the same filmmaker and, and writer, of course, but it's the same thing I liked about Krampus. Whereas, like you know, we all know the traditional Krampus lore, folks at home. You can find our episode on that. It's it's one of our favorite entities on the show, certainly one of mine. Um, but in addition to the lore, there's so many other evolving aspects. There's you know demonic toys. There's uh gingerbread men that'll mess you up there's um something in the snow there's a whole host of entities that are that add elements to the traditional mythos and kind of like build off it 
and um you know sam's not to my knowledge based off of any actual historical like pumpkin skull faced child spirit right. but um it evolves from these traditions and it's it's like you're exactly like you're saying it's like uh, kind of a blank check and a process of discovery what it can do mm-hmm. yeah and I think and at Krampus I, I go to the episode to find out all of my thoughts on it um, I I did I do enjoy I did enjoy the film but there there's something that trick-or-treat has that Krampus doesn't mm-hmm. and I think it's it's that freedom that creative blank check like you said where you can you're not always measuring it up to this specific mythology. Um, And I do think that some of the, uh, so in trick or treat, there are all of these callbacks to stories, fairy tales and um, yeah. American tales that, that most of us know without having to think about it too hard. Um, and in Krampus, it was uh, Christmas vacation. And that felt less timeless, I suppose, um, mm-hmm. than the the trick-or-treat callbacks of, like, these, you know, the, the girls are getting in these fairy tale costumes. We know who Little Red Riding Hood is. Um, mm-hmm. And then when the mm-hmm. whole scene plays out, we understand why it's even better that she was Little Red Riding Hood. Yeah. We, yeah. we understand the, you know, the principal being weird and grumpy. Um, and we understand why these characters do what they do, even though they are not necessarily, like, exactly the characters in, in stories that we've seen before, but they are so similar and they are they're stories that are so broad and have been done so many times that they are at this point pretty much fairy tales um whereas christmas vacation is christmas vacation and i watch it every year and it's the same and yeah. so is krampus yeah. <laughs> so that that's i just feel like that's the that's where trick or treat has like this significant leg up for me yeah yeah and you i, know, I think... as, as you're just Oh, sorry. Oh, no, go ahead. Um, as you were describing, you know, the, the Krampus Christmas vacation um, connections there, I, I figured out how to do it. Ah, <laughs> yay. Um, how to do Trick or Treat and Krampus in one movie without making it seem like um, Nightmare Before Christmas. Okay. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a riff on a little movie called uh, oh shit! Oh no! Hold on a second. I've not I just, seen. Oh I shit! Hold on a second. <laughs> I heard it was in post production. <laughs> it's true. They have to CGI out all the mustaches. <laughs> uh, I was gonna say while he's looking for that, um, I would definitely like agree that I, I think y'all are spot on by saying how like malleable like the character of sam is and i mean not only is he adorable and he's kind of like ready made for marketing i i think that like 
yeah, you, you can project just about anything you wanted to on this character, and it doesn't give you so much that it's... I feel like we, we tend to like things over-explained, and I don't necessarily like that. Agreed. I, I think that's... We've talked about that on some episodes that I've been on where I just feel like I I... I'm getting to a point maybe in my life where I'm tired of being told what I just saw or what I just listened to. Yeah. Yeah. And trick or treat does not do that. Yeah. Cause I mean, I mean, I mean, I think that part of the reason why I love part of the reason why I got into, to horror in the first place, there's a lot of reasons cause it's awesome, but I always, I mean, y'all know that I, I love, like supernatural stuff, monster stuff, more than like your your average Joe slasher. <gasps> right? Really? I know. I like monster movies, folks. This is surprising. <laughs> um, but part of the reason why is because I love the sense that there's some magic to the world, you know, when it's done right, that the world and the universe and the whatever are not what we knew or know. And... So like that mystery where it's not over explained away and just made kind of bland um, where the audience is trusted and it can just be something larger than life is really freaking cool. Mm-hmm. You know, I love that feeling. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, but yeah, I think this is a really, really fun. Um, I love the character. I'm kind of surprised that we don't have like four of them already not to say that everything needs to be a big franchise but it was just so well done and there's so much you could do with the character it's like a absolute blank check that's a little surprising and yeah. i kind of I, I almost wonder if as much as i really want a sequel it almost kind of makes the first one still feel very special since it hasn't been really diluted in the sense of sequels i mean maybe mm-hmm. in a way that it's marketing is is pretty heavy but still i don't think it's enough to ruin the mystique i mean it's just a really well made well directed well well acted well written well everything movie (laughs) i mean like you Mm -hmm. know we've all seen tons of horror anthologies right and you always have yes one or two segments that are kind of duds or they don't really work and i think like every single segment is like firing on all cylinders Mm-hmm. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it kind of. Yeah, I really that, and also. Go ahead. Oh, that the um the wraparound is also part of the those segmented stories too, because mm-hmm. like a lot of the um wraparounds for anthology films, they tend to uh, just serve as like a a waiting room between um like the stories sometimes right. very yeah. rarely does it have anything to do with like the actual stories that happen uh unless like you're counting like your um amicus tales from the crypt or like maybe the monster club um but even then like those those are kind of like i'm gonna tell you a story and then at the end of the story it's like well how did you like that story well, yeah, I'm going to go right. look at this over here for a couple of minutes so we can say that we paid our uh, legacy actors to host the yeah. stories. Right. And then you go back to the next segment. Uh, yeah. This is just, like, seamless. Yeah, and I, you could also tell that it has, like, 
because like y'all mentioned like uh in a lot of these anthologies the the quality and the voice it's nice when they feel different sometimes if they're all bangers right Mm -hmm. uh but sometimes Mm -hmm. there are some clear winners and a couple you know middling ones or duds and i'm not naming any any names but we've all seen enough anthologies not everyone's a winner um but everyone in this one not only works but it's cool that they all have the same feel even though they're very different subgenres and whatever because they have the unity of voice of the the writer director behind them mm-hmm. um and they're woven together so excellently yeah it, it's like you're watching a planned scripted thing by someone who has thought of how to start continue and end their story rather than watching basically an entire season's worth of a tv show directed and written by like scores of different people in the span of like 90 minutes mm-hmm. right Mm-hmm. Um, yeah that's a great point which because isn't necessarily a bad thing yeah like that's a great point and i would add to that um like the kind of like the recent vhs entries also mm-hmm. really feels mm-hmm. like it does have different voices but it all feels really coherent yeah. and like the i talked to um josh goldblum the producer about how yeah yeah like that was awesome but anyways i was i was um talking to him about how he let the filmmakers kind of do what they want but you know he helped sort of shepherd it in a way where you do feel like you're watching something like coherent and and like it fits all together yeah i think especially for like the, the the last two because if I remember right, there there are maybe five now. There's uh, the original, I think, two viral, and then the recent two. Yeah, ninety four and ninety nine. Yeah, all of them have you know uh, some really really excellent entries, but the last two I feel have really honed in on finding a way to make them feel even when the subgenres are different, like they're all playing the same sport, you know um because like the 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 mm-hmm. pivot to having it be kind of era based and sort of nostalgic feel means that they can be wildly different but at least the aesthetics kind of loosely match even if they're very different visions mm-hmm. yeah which is kind of a nice way around the the yeah, alternative like being having all one different person. stories mm-hmm. um yeah. Yeah, and I I think that there's a lot of really interesting places you can. Um, what? Andre? Hmm? Oh, did, were you going to say something? Oh, I, did, I I was earlier, but Mike, you still have stuff to say on the like the VHS anthology stuff. So go ahead. Oh no, sorry. I was just um, I was just going to wrap up my point that um, there's just kind of like the VHS series, like there's, uh, I, I like how, you know, there is such a blank check kind of mentality with this, where you can just kind of take this series anywhere. Um, yeah. Love it. Okay. Uh, going back to my, <laughs> my idea of how to meld these two worlds together, the, um, trick or treat and Krampus, 
without trying to make it seem like just another version of um, slightly more adult um, Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, as Luna was talking about the parallels between Christmas Vacation and uh, Krampus, um, there isn't really one between Trick or Treat and any other thing that we know, unless you count just like your garden variety um, horror anthology movie. So I propose an island that has all of these entities just like kind of like in factions and we have a group that is re slightly related to the family from Krampus but every single one of them like hates uh, one specific holiday <laughs> and that makes every entity on the island mad and yes it is a beat for beat retelling of National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation 2, Cousin yeah. Eddie's Island Adventure. Oh my god. <laughs> That's a deep cut. Um, if wow. anything, Randy Quaid is already like ready to go. He's, <laughs> he's signed the paperwork. Uh, we're gonna CGI Ed Asner in this thing. And, um, you know, it, it's gonna be a fun time. It's, it's, it's a tropical island, but there's Halloween stuff and Christmas stuff, it's going to be wacky. <laughs> welcome to t welcome to Holiday Island, where all your holidays come true. Oh, my <laughs> yeah. God. I, I can already see uh, right now just, like, Randy Quaid just doing the, um, you know, guy in the desert sees a mirage, and it's, like, you know, a giant, like, iced drink or something, or, like, his friend turns into a chicken, like a roasted chicken. But it's literally just the Thanksgiving turkey bird, because that's the, the mascot for Thanksgiving. Like, you just see the giant <laughs> yeah. turkey, but it's his wife or something. I don't know. Uh, well, I was, th I was thinking about this. When, when we were talking earlier about, like, uh, you know, there's the Easter bunny. Like, what what mm -hmm. different holidays things might be? Cupid, I guess, for um, Valentine's Day? Cupid. Um, but I was thinking, like, what does uh, Thanksgiving have? That could be a thing. Could be a turkey. I was also thinking, like, have y'all ever read, like, the Clive Barker short story uh, In the Hills of the Cities? No. No, no. I haven't. Um, it's super scary. It's, it's a giant it's, turkey in that one. No, th this uh, <laughs> gay couple terrifying is... Clive Barker. Oh, my God. That's uh, even a regular turkey. I'm not going to get anywhere near. Um, <laughs> but it's it's a turkey. But listen, it's Clive Barker, so it's got to be, like, a turkey and, and S&M fetish gear it's, it's a turkey yeah. and leather <laughs> that turkey oh has God. knees <laughs> y'all the the turkey has knees is all i'm gonna it. say hey we're not, uh, <laughs> listen i'm not gonna kink shame this turkey okay no no, no. look okay yeah, more power um, to it i'm i'm gonna take it uh, just uh i mean i guess pivot to equally far um you know those equally like handprint turkeys that everybody always <laughs> makes it's oh, that yeah. but yeah. on a human ass um, oh my god <laughs> anyway moving forward uh to respectable territory after i've um done something i'm not even ashamed of uh <laughs> so in the hills of the cities starts out with this um this gay couple who um they're traveling along i think it's like an eastern european like the, this this little road tour they're they're vacationing and they end up in the countryside 
in this isolated area they've never even heard of. They kind of go off in the middle of nowhere. And it turns out there is a ritual that two towns have in this countryside where every 10 years, I think it is or so, they, every member, every citizen, they like duct tape themselves together. Not duct tape, but it's like that, like ropes and fasteners and whatever. Um, into the visages of these giants made of other people of tinier people like where they're like they become it's like muscles and bones and sinews and stuff and then they fight every two every decade or so and this couple stumbles upon that it's super horrific imagery it's really creepy and kind of unforgettable so for thanksgiving hear me out that but with pilgrims <laughs> Just a giant okay. meta pilgrim so it's like made a, of pilgrims. A walking wicker man? Yeah, made ah. of pilgrims. Yeah. With the hats and the buckles and you know, the whatever. I, I can get oh down my god, yes. Man. <laughs> yeah, because it's all about the harvest and shit, right? So it's all about yeah. Damn right. Yes. <laughs> um so that's that's my that's Is anything that more scary? Than Puritans? It's probably that. Not real yeah, exactly. <laughs> Other yeah, than Nazis. <laughs> yeah. Um, I wouldn't even say Nazis are scary. They're just like <laughs> trash. Like they're just yep. evil garbage. Well, uh, what was that uh, Hulu yeah. series like as a horror anthology, and they had something with pilgrims? Oh, was that the Into the Dark films? Oh, yes, it was like right. the Into the Dark series. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it was called Feast or something. Yeah, Not something like that. Right. Feast like... or. Um... Oh, I thought it was just Pilgrim Pilgrim something. Um, I don't know. I I thought it also could be plausible. It was a fever dream, but... (laughs) Well, it was, but um, somehow Jason Blum has access to your dreams and made it into a film. (laughs) Hunker hunker down. (laughs) That's how he's always made content. (laughs) Exactly. He's like feverishly right. the word content correctly. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, he's uh, just sitting in like a candlelit room in the middle of a pentagram, just feverishly writing Mike's dreams. Like that's how we get all the content. It's just from harvesting uh, dreams. Exactly. And yeah. uh, and in some cases, nightmares. Uh, uh, it's free IP, baby. <laughs> love it. Um, yeah, so Sam, I think... Um, we're going off the rails because there's so much good stuff to talk about. Uh, Sam is great. Love it. I, I really look forward to... I'm glad they didn't have, you know, overuse the character, but I'm also glad that they're making, like, a, you know, some time distant, like, a nice sequel because there's so much you can do with it that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I, I'm not sure how they're going to go into... Uh like Sam as an entity in the next one. But like, I mean, for now we can kind of just um, mull it over as we have been, you know, since 2007, 2008. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I, I can't quite like draw immediate comparisons between him and like other likewise um, like characters or entities, but like a couple of things do come to mind and like, since Sam is like this um he's like covered with 
burlap like his his mask and his costume is pretty much all um like pretty much brown and orange burlap with some stitches in there for fun um one of the things that made me think of him or them i guess is that uh um speaking of nightmare before christmas there's the boogeyman kind of reminds me a little bit of of sam and like maybe like a, a little bit more reined in sense of like um i don't know uh some kind of rituals that that they observe uh kind of where the boogeyman is effectively like a judge and an executioner at the same time mm-hmm. um sam kind of kind of plays those roles too um and something a little bit less serious is uh in the short-lived yet absolutely fantastic animated series uh freakazoid there's a there's a character named uh candlejack and he looks like kind of a little bit like a combination of the two i don't know if you've ever seen it but um it's like this this guy in like a black costume and he's wearing like a burlap sack kind of like um mask slash cowl kind of covers his shoulders and it's got a little cape thing in the middle um Mm -hmm. he almost kind of looks like um let's see maybe just a combination of the boogeyman and um to think of the character i don't know uh, but he's more of like a, a trickster kind of like self-aware character that um knows when other characters are addressing the fourth wall uh and they they always like when they mention his name he shows up kind of like a, a beetlejuice kind of thing mm-hmm. um and there's also kind of a beetlejuice-esque uh, attitude in in sam except minus all of the quips because i mean he's a kid so he can't make like uh sex jokes or whatever so um he kind of like he feels like a a weird mix of all of these things yet um the the undead ish monster version of himself kind of overrides everything so you don't really know uh you don't really know what's going on in sam's head Mm -hmm. at all Mm -hmm, mm-hmm mm-hmm yeah, um, there is a lot of mystery to the character because I don't. Doesn't really speak, you know. You can just kind of infer a lot from, from mm-hmm. its actions, which is interesting right. to me. Yeah. Um, I think a sequel should be done in like real time. Um, here's my pitch. I I think a sequel should be done in real time, and so this one has Sam being. It's been like what, fifteen years, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, Sam's in yeah, his young 20s, you know, the, you know, kind of protecting the rules of Halloween at a college, you know, worried about <laughs> his classes. Oh, um, no. <laughs> it's one off the rails. Never mind. Yeah, the college years. Uh, Wait, yeah, he goes to Monsters University. He's trying to, like... He's trying we'll to call, get yeah. good at scaring people. We'll we'll call it Salmonal House. Is that is, is what I Salmonal House. Oh my god. I really think that I just like the I probably broke a Halloween rule with that. I might get murdered. 
<laughs> I might not stop him. <laughs> for Think that. Of <laughs> Think of how sad my dogs will be. My dogs are cute. That's Aww. true. That's true. Your dogs are really cute. Your, your dogs. Uh, I feel like like the number one reason why I feel like I'm not really worried about like terrible possible afterlives. I'm like, well, my dogs like me and they're very cute. Who doesn't like my dogs? Um, so as long as I got them around, I'm probably good. Yep. Yeah. That tracks. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll just make my my cute pups the um the icon for this episode, and then people will be like, I don't understand, but they're cute, but I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, so, um, we're kind of naturally wrapping up, um, but do any of you fine, uh, folks have specific Halloween plans tomorrow? Um, I'm probably going to do my usual stay in, um, like pushing 40, so I'm like, my joints are creaky, so I stay in, I watch horror movies and do all that kind of stuff that's um it's a very chill Love very it. senior citizen-ish thing that i do um <laughs> so yeah <laughs> i love it i highly um, i support that i mean the bottom line is you're still fucking excellent so oh thanks um, yeah no it, it's I just like it's uh, just like i'll do um I don't know if we were recording when when I mentioned this, but I watch Halloween one, two, H two O, and then I cap my night off with Trick or Treat. So, ah, that is an A plus uh, marathon. I love it. I endorse it. I would also endorse Halloween one, three, and Trick or Treat because they all mm-hmm. have like that like Halloweenness in their bones. Um, mm-hmm. I love it. What about you, Luna? What do you What do you got going on? Um, I, well, tomorrow specifically, uh, I still have some like muggle stuff I have to do because it is a Monday. Um, indeed. However, in the evening, I, my hope is that I will be able to marathon something or other. I'm not quite sure. I can't decide what yet, but I like to decide things when I decide them. Um, so I will hopefully be able to carve some pumpkins, sit at home, eat some snacks, hang out with the critters and my partner and watch stuff. Cause I just, uh, spent all of my people energy for the weekend. So I'm <laughs> not going anywhere. Although during the day I may go to the, uh, there's a local parade that's oh, a pretty fun. big deal here. So I may do that. Um, and tonight we're going to go see Dawn of the Dead in 3D. That oh, is very cool. Nice. I bought I tickets it. to that and I forgot about it because I bought so in advance. I was like, Ooh, no. something else I was supposed to do. And then I realized it the day after when I got an email from Regal Cinema saying, like, how was your experience? And I was like, oh, I didn't have no. one. That has <laughs> happened to me. There was yeah. zero experience. Had. It's okay. At least... I, I wasn't too jazzed about it being in 3D. Um, I don't think... Uh, I, didn't I don't think it's going to add anything. It's gonna, <laughs> yeah, it's just Dawn of the Dead. Like, I, There's nothing that I necessarily need to see in 3D there. But yeah. it would just be cool to see the 78 Dawn of the Dead in theaters. Yeah. Exactly. So try to 
watch it twice in theaters for me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just bring once, a camcorder. Once through my eyes and once through the glasses. There that you go. Counts. Four eyes for life. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, uh, Andre, what what are you going to be doing? Do you have plans? Um, I don't necessarily have plans. Um, like I kind of like to keep it open, but movies are always part of it. Um, mm-hmm. since I since we did, um, my wife and I miss, um, Dawn of the Dead, in any dimension. Uh, it, it might be <laughs> kind of fun to. Um, just to rewatch that one because, like, I was kind of really looking forward to um, to seeing that again, and um, I'm fortunate enough to own it on the the excellent, excellent Second Sight Blu-ray release. Um, and cool. even though my region-free Blu-ray player has since broken, or at least it, it doesn't do the thing I bought it to do, uh, my PlayStation has been playing Region B. Blu-rays, oh. so I'm gonna cross my fingers and hope for the best. But anyway, um, I'm hoping to do at least one of the original Halloweens, um, maybe Dawn of the Dead, uh, see what else, and maybe, you know, I can finally get to one of these new Halloween or new horror movies uh, that everyone's fucking talking about that I just have not had a chance <laughs> to get to, because I've been watching, I think I'm between 60 and 70 horror movies this month um i i take these challenges and uh, i overlap them so like i'm basically watching at least 62 movies between the span of september 15th mid-september to the end of october uh and that kind of takes up a lot of my time so i don't really have a lot of time for for new shit but i don't know god damn See what I see. You know what? Still badass, though. All you are fucking great. Um, so whatever choices you make, I endorse them, and that's very sincere. Um, uh, for me, I uh, Katie got us tickets to Halloween Horror Nights for Hell Halloween. Yeah. Uh, we, I think we went to Halloween. We've gone every year since we... Um, I don't think we went the first year that we were here, but then since then... Uh, we've gone every year, so it's kind of like an October ritual. And I think we ended up going on Halloween last year, and I just like it a bunch. Like, I know it's kind of... um, uh, I don't know. In some ways, it's kind of conceptually gimmicky, but they do such a good job on the, uh, the actual design, like the production design and the costume design. Like, they're good. Good, good. And so... You know, I love being in horror movies, um, like like being surrounded by them and in the studio and everything all spooky. So I have a good time, and oh, so we're doing yeah, that. I love going to haunts. I think it's so much fun, and I love it when they have the production money to make it accurate. Yeah, that's why I kept coming back because like I I went the first time and they had like the uh, Stranger Things house. I think that was the first time I went, and then when the Demogorgon came out, I was like that looks fucking camera ready it looks good um so i just keep coming back super fun um and then tonight uh i have choices there's some hammer horror at uh the new beverly tarantino steven home and then also i kind of on the other hand want 
to see the new Park Chan-wook film because it's not horror, but we just saw Thirst last night in theater. Mm. And so I'm kind of on a kick. Yeah, I've been wanting to get to that too. That's Decision to Leave, right? Right, right, right. Okay, I've heard some really good stuff about that. Me too. And so, and, and the, I mean, such a master, like old boy, handmaiden, uh, sympathy for uh, Mr. Vengeance, Lady Vengeance, all super, super good. Very talented. Um, so I'm, I'm still on the fence about that one. And I want to know if I have a blank check to do something that's not necessarily horror. <laughs> but um, uh, it's going to be fun. So... Well, I, I'm so glad that I got to um, bring the uh, the monster family back together because we've been on a hiatus and we've all been busy doing our own thing and spooky season is here. So the band's back together and I am so glad I got to chat, to, chat with you fine folks. Yay. Oh yes, I missed, yeah. missed all y'all. Hell yeah. Me too. And I missed you folks at home. Uh, thank you for spending some of your spooky season with us. And we're so happy to get to to chat about our favorites with you and hit us up online. Follow us at HFT Deep Dive. Speaking of following, um, while Twitter exists, um, uh, I'll start with you, Mike. Tell the, the people at home um, how they can find you and your stuff. Yeah, so um, you can find my book, The Ultimate Guide to Strange Cinema, uh, from Schiffer uh, on Amazon. Um, I'm also, uh, all my stuff is on um, Twitter. So that is Strange Cinema 65. Perfect. I would recommend that. Um, thank you so much. Uh, Luna, how about you? Uh, you can find me at Luna underscore Minui, that's M I N U I T, on Instagram and twitter and uh tiktok you can uh, you'll probably get most updates through instagram to be honest um and i think the next thing i have coming up is some mermaid shit so check it out fuck yeah speaking of which um we need to do a mermaid episode hell yeah 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 we'll talk about that that's great um now that we have an actual monstrous on the show. Yeah. Uh, uh, thank you so much. Uh, Andre, uh, what about you? Um, if you want to, you can follow me on Twitter. That is at Demoni Disco. Uh, demon with an I, Disco. Um, I'm also fervently on Letterboxd. You can find me there at Hamburger Harry. Uh, I'm insane. I watch at least one or two movies a day, and I... Um, write about it. I also write about movies uh, from time to time for Geek Vibes Nation. Um, tend to stick to the genre horror adjacent area. Um, and for my other, like, or I also run an independent blog just by me, myself, and I. And uh, it's Celluloid Consomme. Uh, I'm still working on getting out all these reviews for Fantastic Fest Remote. Um, I watched a lot of shit, and, like, I'm amazed I remember some of the details from these movies, like, a month plus out. So, um, I'm almost done, though. By the time that this episode comes out, I should be done. So, you can read all that shit if you want. Um, And since um, it's spooky times, uh, I also just want to do a quick shout out for one of my um 
I, I put together a an, like an ultimate Halloween rotation movie list. It's a fucking monster. It's about 500 movies long. Oh shit! Uh, but the the whole point of it is that like you go to the the link for the the list and then you hit the shuffle uh, function at the top. You know, in Letterbox they have a, a shuffle thing and just pick the top movie if you dare uh it's a mix of like absolute classics you know like halloween or night of living dead or um you know i did throw in silent night deadly night part four which is not a christmas movie so um (laughs) you have a lot of weird shit in there uh so if you want to check it out um i do recommend trying it if you don't like the result you can just you know uh rate and comment on this podcast and say, hey, Andre, fuck you. Otherwise, uh, you might enjoy it. Um, I'll, I'll just put a link to that uh, that list here in the description. Fantastic. Um, folks at home, I would recommend it. I would recommend uh, everything that everybody on the show does because they are all awesome. That's why I asked them to be on the show because I'm like, I want it to be awesome. And you're great. Can you bring that here? So, uh, thank you all for, for stopping by and, and folks at home. Um, I'm always doing like 80,000 things. So, uh, if you found this, you probably can find me and the stuff that I'm doing, but I've been doing a lot of, uh, uh, interviews for, for the fine folks at Looper and reviews and interviews at Slash Film. And, um, I'm starting my own site most likely I, I bought the url and everything i just need to have time to design some stuff Ooh, so you'll find out you'll find out more about that uh soon uh and i will end with plugging my own letterbox list if that's fine um there's only room for one damn <laughs> i didn't know that we had pivoted to islander rule we have a quota of one <laughs> no, no, go ahead though <laughs> i'm glad i get a temporary exemption because you'll like the list that i have to give to the people um, on Letterboxd, I occasionally post and repost um, a list named 150 monster movies since 2000 that you can watch without supporting Victor fucking Salva. <laughs> Hell yeah. um, and it's Origins, cause fuck that guy, as we have said at least a dozen times on this show, is every now and then Jeepers Creepers fucking trends. And mm-hmm. people are like, and then people are like, why? He's terrible. You're terrible. Stop being terrible. And then someone's like, but it's a good movie. Well, here's the thing. You can board a fuck ton of great, awesome, clever, original, well-made monster movies without having to support a dickhead. And given that this is Monster Month, uh, I find it's appropriate to pitch that list. And it's it started out at 50. And then every now and then... He trends again, and I get angry, and then I'm just out of spite, add another 25 to the list, 50 to the list, and now it's 150. So, you got uh, the spirit of Sam in you. It's the spirit of Halloween. <laughs> I just become possessed, and I'm like, must destroy, throw all the monsters at it. Um, so, check out my list. Uh, if you want some monster goodness, that doesn't make you feel like a bad person. Yeah, and you know what? I would love to see um, Sam from Trick or Treat just fucking eviscerate maybe 
vivisect <laughs> fucking Victor Salva in perhaps a sequel. <laughs> I think that's perfect. <laughs> you know, he's like carrying, he always carrying around that burlap sack, right? Um, yeah. It's full of Victor Salva, you know, that's what it's full of. <laughs> Turns out. Victor Salva um, human paraphernalia. <laughs> uh, Amazing. For legal purposes, I may or may not cut this from the episode, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're not threatening death on you, Victor. We just fucking hate you. <laughs> yeah, like, you're just shitty, and it's a great plot idea. Um, yeah. So, uh, folks, so thank you so much for spending some time with us. Uh, stay safe, stay spooky, and uh, check scare your, your candy. Check your candy, scare your friends and loved ones, and absolutely do not put out a jack-o'-lantern before the end of Halloween night. Once more, I'd like to extend a special thanks to our guests this episode, and to all of you out there listening. From the dawn of record human civilization, we've been fascinated by monsters and the monstrous. They've inhabited our dreams and nightmares, they've been our protectors and our villains, they've symbolized our fears and vices, our hopes and potential. Fears of creatures and the night that nourishes them were key inspirations and fuel for the rise of human civilization, the need to get out of the shadows, behind the walls, and into the light. In many ways, understanding our monsters is an important part of understanding our world and ourselves. So thank you for taking this journey with us, we humanoids from the deep dive. (laughs) 